Hello everyone, welcome back to the Thrive Podcast. I'm Ruben Alexander. And I am Matt Allen. Welcome, Matt Allen. Welcome, Matt Allen. <laughs> Uh, and today we have a pretty exciting topic and quite confusing sometimes. We're going to talk about mindfulness and meditation. Matt, what are some of your like pet peeves, things that will just so, that are so petty, but can just ruin a day for you? Probably one thing is people who stand too close to you in the queue. Now, <laughs> Especially these days. These days it's slightly different, like... <laughs> Although still, I was I was shopping the other day and somebody was was standing too close to me for comfort, more than outside of it being like lockdown times, COVID times. Like even if we weren't, even the, even if none of this was going on, they were still uncomfortably close to me. Yeah. So what I would do is I'd stand with my sort of legs sort of wider apart. <laughs> so my foot is like, so they can't come any closer than my right foot and then lean onto my left. Oh, so I would kind word. of like lean away from them as far <laughs> as I could, but they couldn't come closer because of my right foot. But yeah, that is just one of my pet. Cause some people are just oblivious. Yeah. And some people, when they speak to you, they get real close to your face. Yes. That is also that's, just that's awful. Quite uncomfortable. Yeah. So there's loads of things that can happen and it can ruin your whole day, but there's also things, you know, that can happen and make your whole day just like really good. A small thing can make a big, big difference. Yeah. Like there's the, the classic illustration of like, it only takes a small spark to start a fire. The straw that broke the camel's back. The straw back. that broke the camel's back. It takes such a little, little bit to make a really big impact. So find a penny, pick it up. No, that's bad luck. Good luck. What? <laughs> Look after the pennies and the pounds will look after themselves uh, I don't really know what that means well like if if you look after your pennies like two peas and three peas eventually they'll turn into pounds and then they will look pennies after grow. themselves <laughs> and we're coming right back to the topic <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about mindfulness and meditation and that is a short small practice that we can do and it can make a massive difference in our lives. So five minutes of mindfulness can make a huge impact on your whole day. So what, what exactly do you mean by mindfulness? Like, can you explain that a bit more? Yeah, so mindfulness, so let me get to meditation. So oftentimes people say, what's meditation? And they say, well, meditation is just clearing your, th your mind of all thoughts. And it's like, well, mindfulness isn't mindlessness, it's mindfulness. Mm. So mindfulness is paying attention to the present moment. That's all. It's as simple as paying attention to the present moment. And if you think about it, what do we, what, and worry and stress, what does that have to do with? It has to do with the future, right? Yeah. And shame has to do with the past. Mm. So, Oftentimes we find ourselves living in this tension between we are feeling shame because of things we did in the past. So you're thinking about everything in the past that happened. Oh, I accidentally waved at someone when they were waving at the person behind me <laughs> and all this stuff. And then you're thinking, oh, I have this deadline coming up. Oh, what am I going to do when I see my friend? What am I going to do when I get to school? Do I have to wear a mask? It's all future stuff. But mindfulness is 
focusing on the present, on the here and now. And so spending five minutes a day being mindful or mm -hmm. meditating is incredibly healthy and yeah. an incre incredibly sort of beneficial thing for us to do. Yeah, and that's why you, like I guarantee if you're listening to this, this is not the first time you're hearing about mindfulness because in the last three years, it's become really, really popular mm. and massive CEOs, sports people, musicians, like loads of professionals and they're teaching it in schools because they realize there's so, so, so much benefit to practicing some mindfulness. But I think one key thing that is in any kind of meditation or mindfulness is focusing the mind. And I think that's almost like the hardest bit. Absolutely. So much for me, like to be able to, to stop and, and focus on a single thing, I just find so difficult. I'm used yeah. to, I'm used to playing PlayStation whilst watching YouTube videos, <laughs> while scrolling through Instagram. Like, exactly. That's what I'm yeah. used to doing. And so to get rid of all those things and just sit with nothing yeah, and just pause. Because you're used to so much like is external tricky. stimulation and yeah. colors and sounds and all these things. Yeah. And that's why the one of the key things for mindfulness is to do one thing at a time. Mm. So I find this really challenging because when I watch a movie, I am also on Instagram. And when I'm going for a walk, I'm also listening to an audiobook or a podcast or listening mm. to music or like, I'm almost never just doing one thing. Mm. I think you can break mindfulness down into three kind of things. The first one is observing your thoughts, which is what we spoke about a minute ago. You are going to have so many other thoughts coming into your head and that's okay, right? You're going to start thinking about what you have to do tomorrow. You're going to start thinking about all these other things. And what you have to do is just observe them. And if you find yourself just wandering off on a trail of thought, just come back to focusing on whatever you're focusing on. Mm. The second thing is, is to do one thing at a time. So you can actually meditate or practice mindfulness when you are walking, when you're eating, when you are um, sitting in, in school, when you're listening to music, but do one thing at a time. So don't, yeah, don't go for a walk and listen to music. Just go for a walk and don't have any intentions. Mm. And the third thing is, is to do it really slowly. <laughs> so if you are eating and you're trying to eat like mindfully, eat slower than normal. If you're walking, walk slower than normal. Don't necessarily do this when you're with other people because that's you, a pet peeve when people walk too slowly. <laughs> yeah, in front of you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's why they're doing it though, because they're meditating. Yeah. Oh. oh. <laughs> and if you find yourself being really stressed or really anxious, or we spoke about fear in a different episode, you can use mindfulness and you can use meditation to bring your body and your mind down to just a place of chill. And um, what we call that is grounding. So if you think about it, sometimes your mind gets so lost in the past, in the future, almost like it's drifting off completely. Mm. And grounding is when we just bring it back down to the ground. Yeah, nice. And when you when you kind of explain it like that, like it makes so much sense. Like why do we not do that more often? When mm. we're flooding ourselves with all these different ideas and thoughts by scrolling through Instagram and watching TV constantly and or Netflix and like being on YouTube and playing PlayStation or whatever it is, like it, it makes total sense 
to take a break from that stuff. Mm. And I, the even now, the idea of it is like, oh, do you know what? I just can't be bothered. Yeah. But I know when I've done it before and really got, got into it, I've been like, wow, this is unbelievable. Yeah. Almost to the, almost to the point where it's like, do you know what? I don't even need Instagram ever again. I'm <laughs> going to delete my account. Yeah. But then, but then I'll look at, look at it less and then a little bit more and then a little bit more. Yeah. And then yeah. a little bit more. So you build back up to it. Yeah. So now we're joined here virtually in the studio by a very, very special guest, uh, Reverend Grace Sentimu Beverstock. Um, she is an Anglican priest and a vicar of St. Luke's Church. Grace, uh, you're so welcome here. It's great to have you. Thank you so much, Ruben. Uh, it's a pleasure to be able to be with you. And can you tell us a little bit about yourself? What does it mean to be, what does it mean to be a priest? I have no idea. I'm still working it out myself. <laughs> Um, so I, uh, I help lead um, a worshipping community that's based in North Luton and I know part, I think key part of my role is to stay walking close to God to hear mm. what he is calling us to do and then help inspire, motivate and enable us as a worship community to do what we believe God is calling us to do in this place at this time and mm. it's really around the main bits is about um, yeah making Uh, sharing the love of God with everyone in practical ways um, as well as hopefully being able to talk to them about you know our faith in Jesus Christ. Wow that's so wonderful and um, Grace you mentioned to me before that you actually lived in a monastery for a little while could you tell us a little bit about like what is a monastery and how did you end up living and spending so much time at a monastery? Yeah so I ended up spending well over a year at a religious monastery called in Teze, which is in France. And a monastery is basically, it's a community of people who have chosen to, um, in a way, get away from the world and seek to um, worship God by um, uh, usually work, um, prayer um, and service. And usually the monasteries are usually done by gender. You tend to have a female monastery mm. and like a male monastery, but there are some newer monasteries there's one called Bose where it is um men women families people single people married um coming together so basically it's a religious community that has mm. a set of values and uh, principles but at the heart of it is a, a community that's seeking to gather together to to make um to glorify God and in a way they've had to turn away from certain things of the world by choosing mm. to come together and usually there it's, it's, it's permanent. In the same way when hopefully a man and a woman or a woman wouldn't get together and get married, um, it's meant to be a lifelong commitment mm. to this community. Interesting. And so so that was a, a religious, there's often like a religious connotation with meditation and with mindfulness. But we see a lot now in the kind of secular world, mindfulness and meditation has become quite a quite a big talking point they're teaching it in schools they're teaching it all over the place and why do you think that is that it's become so mainstream i think it's because it's it's tapping into a human need we have this mm. need to to slow down to connect with our deeper selves which can only happen when we when we stop and be still then there's been a whole science of it you know that i know i think they've put um Buddhist monks in a in an MRI scan, I think, and see what happens to their brain, and we see mm. how it beneficially helps the brain. 
Um, so, I, so I think there's two things. I think it's just the science has really made it seem a good thing to do. Um, but also I think it because it taps into our deep part of our human longing to actually kind of quieten up, to get rid of all the noise. Mm. <laughs> we live in such a noisy world and most of us are feeling very overwhelmed a lot of the time. And so we have this hunger for simplicity, this hunger for peace. And I think yeah. mindfulness and the, the rise of mindfulness and meditation is really tapping into the sense that all of us know deep down that we're living too fast, Life is too noisy um, and we don't know how to get off. And I, so I think it's that science as well as the human, our human need for more seems to, has brought the two mm. together, which is why I think it's, it's kind of, it's a thing of the time. Yeah, it's fascinating how we collectively as people, we oftentimes crave silence. And I've found it's, you don't realize how noisy and how busy and loud life is until you experience silence. And, um, in a literal sense, I found if I'm on a hike, on a walk, and I'm on a top hill somewhere and out in nature, and I don't hear cars or people, I'm so aware of like how absolutely still it is. And it's an incredible feeling of just peace. Yeah, it is. So I, I'm not really into camping, but this summer for the first time we hired a motorhome and we went camping and we arrived on our campsite really late. And um, we got out, you know, we got, out, we got stuff out. And then there's a moment, Abigail, my daughter and I looked at each other and just, we realised it was so silent. We just burst out <laughs> laughing. It kind of freaked us out. because we were just like, oh my goodness, it's so quiet. And yeah. um, I hadn't realised how noisy Luton is. And, and it was just, it was, it was, it was, it was eerily unsettling. And we weren't expecting it. And that's why we both mm. laughed nervously because we're kind of like, we've not been in this situation before but then after a while you settle into it and you realize that the the silence ministers to you in a way that nothing else can yeah i find it so interesting that you said the silence was kind of unsettling because we interviewed a few young people and they said they are really uncomfortable with mindfulness and meditation and one actually said that he feels really uncomfortable when there's silence and he doesn't like the silence. And then um, why do you think it can sometimes be uncomfortable to experience silence? I think it's because it's not part of our daily life. Um, mm. I think if you're a young person, you, all you've known is being connected all the time. Um, you know, we have electricity, which means we're on the go all the time. You know, our ancestors, like, you know, we're talking out 415 and I've got a massive bright light in my face, a sad lamp. And, you know, the night's going to go on. But, you know, my ancestors, before electricity, they'd have, they'd have been in bed by now. It would have been, mm. you know, candles <laughs> and it would have been yeah. quieter. So I think it's because it's, it's not part of our daily rhythm. It's mm. not part of how we live. And so it seems quite scary. And on a deeper level, we are afraid about what we may encounter in the silence. Mm. Um, because on a deeper level, we're not very comfortable with ourselves. Yeah. So part of silence is becoming comfortable with who we are because mm. of, I think a lot of us suffer from actually being quite discomforted by ourselves. It's quite terrifying. And then if you have a sense of uh, um, a, a God, um, mm. so whatever that is, but you have a sense of God, a lot of people are quite terrified of this God-like figure. So then there's a double whammy. You know, mm. what, what might this God-like figure say to me in the silence? Um, so I think that's why it's partly it's just, it's just not life is not, we don't have pockets of silence in our daily life. Um, 
and as well as that, I think there's a deep residual fear about us and a discomfort with ourselves, yeah. and then a, a mistrust about if there is a bigger, uh, um, a bigger, bigger than myself, is this figure going to be kind or not? Yeah. Wow. That's really, really insightful. And it's, it sounds kind of like becoming really still is almost like looking at yourself in a mirror intensely. And you might have to come to grips with what you see and learn to, because it, it's self-exposing. You become aware of what of your thoughts, you become aware of yourself and you become aware of the things around you. And that can be frightening sometimes, can't it? Yeah, exactly. And you might be, you know, on one level, we could say we're all okay. But when you start spending time just being still, you might realize I'm not okay. Mm. Or mm. I am really anxious about this exam. Or I'm really stressing out about what's happening to my parents. Or, you know, I've got an auntie who's got cancer. What's happening? All those things that we kind of shove down through the busyness of life. They, the potential is that when we stop, they start surfacing. And that can seem really, really scary. Mm. Um, if if you're not someone who who does that a lot. Now, there'll be some people who listen to this who are introverts who naturally gravitate to taking time out because mm. they, they just can't recharge so for some people the whole thing about sitting down and being still comes more naturally to others because they have to do that to simply recharge to re-engage in life um but even then you can still be on your own and still on your phone scrolling 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 and not as a way of distracting ourselves from actually mm. attending to our inner life wow that is that's some real food for food for thought grace um so lastly do you it's clear that mindfulness and meditation and stillness is incredibly beneficial for our mental and emotional well-being uh, i don't think there's any debate about that at all and because it it allows us to see things within ourselves and it, it promotes healing and it just helps us to be at a more calm uh general state and so what tips do you maybe have or what little practices do you maybe know of that um, that young people could maybe apply to their lives if they feel a little bit intimidated by this idea of mindfulness or meditation? Yeah, I think start with an app. There's loads of great apps there. Um, mm. um, there's Daily Calm. There's the Headspace app. Um, and often you can just set one for two minutes, three minutes, five minutes. And I think they can be really um, helpful. I think start small. Um if, if you're someone who, I don't know, I shouldn't be saying, but let's say you're someone who likes a can of Coke, for example. Mm. Why don't you mindfully, you get your can of Coke, you pour your can of Coke into your glass, you sit down and you just drink your Coke yeah. without doing anything else. And for some of us, that's how we need to start, you know, just take, um, might be brushing your teeth. Now, a lot of us are brushing our teeth while doing something else simultaneously. But maybe you could just, you know, brushing teeth is going to take two minutes. Maybe you can just be present when you brush your teeth. Notice how it feels on your mm. gums, on your teeth. Is the water cold? How does it feel, you know, when you mm. rinse out your mouth? Maybe even start slowing down how you brush your teeth. And some, so some, for some of us, the tip is to attach it to something you already do, to start dipping your toe into being present and into slowing down. And mm. what I found when I was in Teze, doing every service, they prayed three times a day. Um, they would ha always have about 10 minutes silence in between the service, in, in the service. And when it started with a new group of young people, it was really noisy. You could tell that people like, 
twisting in their chairs and fidgeting. But by the end of the week, the young people were embraced the silence. And as to me, that shows it's practice. Yeah, it's, it's practice. practice. Yeah. And if you intend to practice and start small, then your, your silent muscle will build and your inner space, your interior, will start wanting more of it. So I'd say start small, don't start big. Some people find the apps help. I know that Joe Wicks, I think it was one thing of Russell Brand says, he's tried it, it just doesn't do it. For him, it's exercise in a way yeah. in which he kind of is mindful. So I think it's about finding different ways that work for you. But my main tip is, is to start small and maybe find an activity that you normally do in a rush and do that, do that slowly and be totally focused on eating your breakfast yeah. without, without doing anything else. If you're listening to this uh, and you've been inspired by what Grace has shared, go on and download an app. Um, try brushing your teeth mindfully or eating your breakfast mindfully. It's so, so, so helpful. So, Grace, thanks again. I will see you soon. Pleasure, Ruben. Take care. Mindfulness as a practice. We can do it when we wake up in the morning. You can take literally three minutes just sit by yourself and just focus on your breathing then you've achieved it you've done mindfulness or when you're walking to school just don't have your phone and just be mindful of the present moment just focus on the here and the now it's that simple and when you feel nervous when you feel stressed when you feel anxious when you feel in like an intense feeling I'm going to teach you guys a really simple grounding exercise. So what this exercise does is it just brings you back down to the ground. When you feel like you're floating away because of it's like intense feelings and fears and things, this just brings you down to the ground. And it's called the three by three method. And um, it's really simple. It's so simple that when you hear about it, it's like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> but it is so effective, like Matt and I, we're going to do it now. And I encourage you to do it as well at home. Although you, it, it requires you kind of see the things in front of you. So you, you're going to do it a little bit differently, but um, we're going to do it. And Matt, you'll see, you'll be so relaxed. You'll, you might fall asleep. So yeah, this is useful. If you've got sleeping problems, this is pretty useful as well. So all it is, you find an object that's in front of you. So in front of me right now is a microphone, uh, some headphones and a chair. So you find three things. So Matt, let's do microphone, headphones, chair. Right. Good. Keep it simple. Like it can be phone, banana, bed, uh, bed, ceiling, like any, any three objects. And how it, uh, how, how it works is take a deep breath in through your mouth, through your nose, you breathe out and then you name that object. You say, that is a microphone. You say it in your head and then you breathe in again. You breathe out. You say, that is a chair. You breathe in. You breathe out. You say, these are headphones. That's it. That's it. That's the meditation. That is the grounding meditation. Wow. And it feels like so, simple. so weird to do. But I promise you, if you do this and you don't feel more calm, send me an email 
And I will send you a chocolate bar if this doesn't work for you because I believe in it so much. Wow. So but you've got to give it a legit try. Yeah. You can't just be like, <laughs> dear Ruben, this didn't work. Here's my address. Send me your chocolate bar. Stairs. <laughs> Ceiling. Yeah, it didn't work, mate. <laughs> so let's, let's do this now, Matt. So I'll follow, I'll kind of go through it again. We'll do microphone, chair, headphones. Mm. Take a deep breath. Out. I'd say that is a microphone. And in. Out. That is a chair. Those are headphones. So Matt, how do you feel? I feel good. I feel better, man. Give me some more. How does it feel? It feels like I feel more present. Mm-hmm. Is that is that weird? I don't know. I don't really know how to how else to explain that. But I feel like I'm more in the room. I'm more engaged in this conversation. I'm not. I'm I'm now thinking less about other things. Exactly. Like, yeah. Like what am I going to do when I get back to my desk, or what am I going to do tonight? Yeah. Like I'm I'm thinking less about them and thinking more about I'm sitting here in front of this microphone talking to you. Yeah, because it forces you to think about the things that are here right now mm. and it stops you from thinking ahead too much so guys i encourage you to do this three by three method if you got any questions or any thoughts if you felt like it's been super useful get in touch with us on instagram that's at youthscape dot luton youthscape dot luton we'd love to hear from you i feel so relaxed right now after doing that episode we should we should just go nap now. i feel like i could just have a nap let's just go nap <laughs>